time now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, the one and only historian extraordinaire who comes by every week and looks back on this week in history. He's also got a copy of the U.S. Constitution in his pocket. Is that what that is? Yes. <laughs> yes good morning. How are you? <laughs> and there's a reason for that, of good, course. Good, good. Because uh, this week uh, in history, the uh, 17th marks the date when the U.S. Constitution uh, was signed. And foremost among the signers, and this was back, you know, we have the Articles of the Confederation. I'm not telling you anything new that you don't know so well, Aaron. Uh, but uh, during the Revolutionary War, you, most of the states were acting kind of independently, mm -hmm. and that's where the power resided. Um, but after the war, uh, the federal government was not very strong, and still you had these superpowers in the world. And so... Uh, quickly, the nation's leaders realized they needed to amend the Articles of Confederation to make that uh, uh, the ability for the federal government to act more decisively when uh, things were threatened. And so George Washington uh, was elected as president of this group to refine the Articles of Confederation. But he does something incredible. He says, everybody come inside, no press. Right. <laughs> and over those four months uh, in spring of 1787, of course, they come up with what we know as the U.S. Constitution. Still not 100% sure what I think about that move by George Washington, <laughs> because we because because press access is so important yes. and like what's going on in Raleigh right now like republicans right. are going into back rooms and they're not even letting yes. democrats in and they're fighting over the budget and we're two and a half months in and we don't have a budget yeah. we don't really know what's going on because all of these things are happening That's and right. they're talking to the press like tim moore and bill berger yes. like they're out talking to reporters every day so they're being transparent and open right. even though a lot of the the negotiations are happening Framers of the Constitution didn't even do that. Like, we're not talking no. to the press. We're locking the door. We're not letting anyone know what's going on. Yeah. And the wild thing was, like, most of those delegates were sent to Philadelphia to come up with amendments to the Articles of Confederation. They, right. they go inside, lock the door, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this total <laughs> other thing. And no one knew until September. And, you know, those questions really could have raised some important issues. Like, for instance, the electors. You right. Know, the, you know, this whole thing, which is a huge thing. We think of January 6th and electors. Oh, my gosh, that could have been settled, but it wasn't. And it was part of that original Constitution. There was such, I think, anxiety about trying to find some document that could get the mass of states appeal. In fact, they even hedged their bets and said, if we get 9 of 13, right. then this new form of government will go in. But it wasn't uh, entirely... Certain, Not and there at were all. compromises having to be made about slavery. It was so odious to so many that they wouldn't even allow the word into that original mm. uh, version of the Constitution. Uh, but there were some uh, sideways uh, 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 amendments to that that creeped its way in, and of course that have to be amended. And thankfully, yeah. we have Article Five, which allows the Constitution to be amended. So when people always say gee, uh, let's go back to the Constitution the way it's written. I said, well, let's see, uh, that, which version before we have, when we have slavery, when we don't, right. when women couldn't have votes? I mean, it becomes really kind of gnarly to start saying, let's go back. I mean, the current version of the Constitution as amendment 
has uh, 27 minutes, and those are all important. Also, a lot of a lot of the things that we take for granted about U.S. government today, yeah. including the people who are always like, oh, let's go back to right. the original construction of the Constitution, a lot of the things that they take for granted are right. not in the Constitution right. and were never intended to be. Like one of my, mm. and we've talked about this yeah. before, like one of my, my favorite like fun little side stories about the Constitution and specifically the slavery uh, fight yeah. uh, in in Philadelphia because you're right they didn't there was a lot of people who didn't want the word in there but right. they were willing to accept the the institution in the country they didn't right. want the word in the document but the upshot is that there are a lot of points where they use like weaselly language to get around <laughs> and there's one there's one line in there uh, in Article One Section Nine uh, about the uh, about uh, banning Congress from banning the slave trade until 20, uh, 20 years right. later, right? 1808. But it doesn't say slavery. It just says it ban no. uh, Congress cannot regulate the importation of persons into uh, the country before 1808. And that is literally the only place in the entire Constitution where it's even suggested that right. the federal government has the power to regulate immigration in any way. And that was not the intent and from you know, the original framers. And you know, that was almost a deal breaker in 1788 yeah. when North Carolina's meeting in its Constitutional yep. Convention in Hillsborough, North Carolina, in Orange County, and this issue comes up. And finally, that the, the only thing that mollifies those who are so against this is the idea of, well, in 20 years it will be done. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Uh, in 1808, Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson is president. Yes, they passed legislation, no more international slave trade, but it never touched the domestic yep. uh, slave trade. And, of course, that led to all kinds of almost a mental illness that grasps mm -hmm. Uh, and a, and, a, and another thing that, that we don't really focus on is the fact that in 1808, yeah. literally as soon as they got the chance, as soon as the Constitution allowed yes. them to ban the international slave trade, they did. They did. So there was a lot of opposition to slavery in that That's period. Right. Yes. So there definitely was a critical mass of people who really could have, if they wanted to, right. pushed for a, a tougher stand against slavery in the Constitution and they didn't. Well, look what John Quincy Adams kept yep. trying to introduce. They gave him a gag rule and mm -hmm. said, no, you can't keep introducing these uh, uh, petitions uh, to uh, to do that. So it, it is really important. That's why this week on, on uh, September 17th is Constitution Day, because that's when this group of people emerged from this closed uh, setting and in 1787 said, here's this new idea. But interestingly enough, and they didn't have to do it, they didn't have any force of law, mm -hmm. they signed their names to it. And the most prominent name of this was George Washington. Yep. And by him signing it, he was saying he's putting his full weight and authority. I'm putting my sanction on it, yeah. Yeah, and I think that helped kind of, well, if he's for it, we're for it. Yeah. And that moves, and then the, con the Art Articles of Confederation Congress then passes it, sends it out to the states for ratification, and that begins a messy process of yep. how do we do this. That and all of the Weasley stuff that we talk about and we <laughs> criticize today, <laughs> yes. like... It was really touch and go whether that whether the Constitution was going to pass. So you know we can sit here and talk today about oh they should have let the press in. Would a four month debate in the in the summer have affected the the outcome of it? I have no idea. I don't like, know. It, it very I, well may have. I, and and it's such an interesting week in terms of history. We have of course uh, nine eleven mm -hmm. occurs this week. Um, uh, September twelfth, there's an actual 
uh, back in 1781, an actual um, Revolutionary War battle that happens in Hillsborough. The governor, uh, Thomas Burke, is captured and kidnapped by the British. He will eventually escape back, uh, but that actually happens in the streets of Hillsborough, one of the few uh, places in North Carolina other than Charlotte and maybe a few others that have this happen. Um, September 13th is another kind of big historical moment in American history. That's when um, British warships are uh, anchored in 1814 um, in Baltimore, and there's this fort, Fort McHenry, and they've already burned down Washington. This is the this uh, this War of 1812, and uh, Dolly Madison has saved the George Washington's portrait uh, from that happening. But still, the British are on a rampage, and uh, it looks like Baltimore is going to fall as well. 25 hours of bombardment, but at this specific moment, there's a young lawyer, Francis Scott Key, who is trying to advocate for the reliefs of one of these people that's been uh, captured by the British uh, for really not, uh, he, was, he was actually pointing out what some British soldiers were doing who were arrested, and they arrested him. So um, the British know that he knows what's going to happen, so they keep him on board. He witnesses a 25-hour bombardment mm. of Fort McHenry, and as the, uh, the haze of uh, the guns clear and the dawn breaks is a giant flag over Fort McHenry and of course he writes uh, what we now know as the Star Spangled Banner. Interesting life, of course, we sing that first verse, but it's the last verse that has, in God is our trust. So in 1954, we're thinking, where were people going? Actually, you can point back to the Star Spangled Banner Mm -hmm. and those uh, four verses uh, that he wrote as a poet uh, that is part of our heritage, saying no matter what happens, we seem to keep uh, coming back and uh, having resiliency. Speaking with Scott Washington, History Matters, uh, one more. What are we going to okay. wrap up with? Um, I, I think this is uh, one interesting uh, person. The, we, we always know about um, uh, J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. and uh, we think of Harry Potter, but the, we say, well, what were the influences? Where did she come from? One of the great influences of hers was a woman named Jessica Mitford. Jessica Mitford was English, uh, just like J.K. Rowling, but Jessica Mitford was uh, uh, born in 1917 on September 11th. She lives to 1996, um, and she is one of a whole bunch of sisters who uh, they were almost like the Kardashians in their day, one person described it. They were the it girls, uh, the it women, uh, who uh, kind of set standards, but they all had different political viewpoints. I mean, they varied all over the place. Jessica Mitford herself was more towards a socialist leaning, but during World War II, um, she is uh, adamantly against everything about Hitler. And um, then uh, she marries a, a fellow who is a civil rights uh, lawyer, and in 1961 she travels to Montgomery, Alabama. Bama. She actually sees uh, and is part of uh, uh, participating in uh, civil rights uh, and seeing, uh, actually saw Martin Luther King. She writes about this uh, later on in the 50s, and then in the 60s, somebody says, her husband says, why don't you write about, you know, what I'm researching here because it looks like there's a lot of Uh, consumer questions about the funeral industry. And that expose, An American Way of Death, becomes a revolution in terms of people looking at things. And she continues, and it begins a whole new, another 
uh, generation of investigative journalists. And this was somebody who actually J.K. Rowling loved everything she wrote. Hmm. Maybe it was her style of writing. I've read some of her ways, and I think she was influenced by that. But she really resonated to that. And uh, that's something that we don't normally think of, is somebody uh, like J.K. Rowling looking at somebody who's an investigative journalist and saying she was going after truth and saying exposing corruption. And maybe that's part of her, of course, her works when we think of the uh, Harry Potter. So Some no of matter, them anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> so there's anything. And you know, the great thing about the Constitution is the ability, the freedom to publish, and the freedom to share exciting new insights, and that's what we celebrate this week, too. And that's why history matters. Scott Washington, thank, thank you. you so much.